Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And after that first pitch to Rizzo by Antone, the umpires are now meeting. I just haven't seen anything that was going on in the game at all that would create a problem. Rusty said he, he looked in and, and was talking with the previous inning. Was that to the dugout or you're saying he was saying something to the batter? There, Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot going on. The second inning, they were they were chirping at me for grunting on a few, you know, fastballs and uh, ended up, I think it struck out two on that inning. And so after the inning, I, I gave him another grunt. Kimbrell trying to get the Cubs into extra innings. The pitch on the way. Swing and a miss. And it gets away from Contreras and the winning run comes into score and the Reds have won the game. As far as if Craig's the closer. Um. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Oh, good stuff out of Sean Anderson as always. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, baseball humans. It is a Sunday morning, late August. Very, very close to the trade deadline in this bizarre little sprint of a 2020 season. They're getting it in. We're past all of that. We're actually dissecting who's who at the midway point. How much is it worth it to try and go for something in a season where you might get a postseason in Arlington, Texas and Houston or Los Angeles or San Diego? Do you make the financial investment at the deadline? How would you feel if your teams did not do that? Among the things we're going to talk about today, as far as if Craig's the closer, says David Ross from a couple of weeks ago. As far as if Craig's the closer. um, Oh, the um. There's so much in the um. That's my favorite part. It's a must to leave that into that soundbite. Would that game have gone exactly that way if David Ross was there? Like Mike Napoli is your manager last night. So he gives Rowan Wick the sixth and gives Kimbrell the seventh, gives him a flat out save in a high leverage situation when Jeremy Jeffress had gotten the save, I think went four outs earlier in the day. So not available. Was this the plan? Was Ross fully on board with this plan? Was he screaming down the, um, the, the hallway there behind the dugout after he had been thrown out? Or was Mike Napoli going push button? I I was very interested in that because 
This is the first game that Craig Kimbrell has flat out cost the Cubs. Tenth game that he's pitched. You know he's been bad. And then he's had three good ones in a row, or decent ones in a row. But Ross has handled it so aggressively that this is the first game that he's actually cost you. He hasn't been given a chance to really cost you. He almost cost the Cubs in the Darvish game last weekend against the White Sox. But Ross went out and got him. Went out and took the ball from him. There was another time when he got in trouble in a save situation. And Ross went out and took the ball from him. Gave it to Jeffress. Let him finish. So would Ross have let Kimbrell stay out there when he started to look bad and walk everybody and throw wild pitches? Maybe so. Maybe this was just time to give Craig Kimbrell a high leverage, one run save opportunity to try and close. And he failed. He failed. What's what's kind of sad is that the stuff was really good still, like the fastball was riding and <clears throat> thrown very hard, and, <clears throat> and the curveball had serious break on it. It played, but he put it in the dirt. And Wilson Contreras has got to do a better job of stopping some of those. But still, Kimbrell, you shouldn't need to throw it down there. There's there's location issues for Craig, like where is the plate and how can I throw it over the plate, which he struggled with. Yeah, command was just absolutely nowhere. So how many more chances does Craig Kimbrell get to cost you? That's the first time he cost you. Cost you a lot last year. Cost you in September. But really, first right now, just cost you a game. Still in first place in a very mediocre National League Central as it has turned out to be. The Cubs are the only team with a winning record. Cubs are the only team with a positive uh, run differential. So you're still okay. With everything that's gone on, as crazy and as frustrating as Kimball has been, as frustrating as that offense has been at times, as, uh, as difficult as it has been to watch the back end of that rotation at times. They are still comfortably in first place in a very weird division. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, that's where my mind was to start, but there are other things from that Reds and Cubs doubleheader that we must discuss. There's a White Sox loss yesterday, but they are in the midst of an incredible hot streak, um, and I think they're just going to move forward and steam forward into tonight and, and keep being themselves. I don't think that bullpen implosion, which is really what it was. Zach Birdie was brutal. Dylan Cease was frustrating yesterday, but I don't get the sense that that's going to stop them or derail them in any way. They're incredible right now. They're unbelievably fun, and I'm I'm not going to let that particular game distract from the obvious arc of where the White Sox are. Dane Dunning gets the start for them tonight. Is that good enough? Trade deadline is here. And I want to know from White Sox fans how you will feel if your team does not add a starter. Because they might. They're in conversation. Man, the names that I have seen linked to the White Sox, Robbie Ray, uh, Nate Eovaldi, although he just went on the injured list, uh, Jeff Junis, Dylan Bundy, Trevor Williams, Lance Lynn, obviously, Mike Miner, Marco Gonzalez from Seattle, Joe Musgrove from Pittsburgh, all these names. Lance Lynn, probably the most attractive because you've got another year of control at about $10 million. Dylan Bundy, also another year of control. 
he's had some remarkably great starts this year, although his velocity has been up and down. But how will you feel, White Sox, if instead of going to get a starting pitcher in this weird season, they give this spot to Dane Dunning and they let Ronaldo Lopez work his way back in? And you know you've got Gio Gonzalez in your back pocket and you've got a theoretical Carlos Rodon return in a week or two. Are you okay with all of that, considering this odd season? So look, the phone lines are open here for a couple hours. We're only here for a couple hours on Hit and Run. Um, It's Matt Spiegel with you on 670 The Score on Hit and Run until about 11.05 or 11.10. 11.10, it will be Cubs pregame with our man Zach Zaidman. Marvin Freeman is going to join us at 10 o'clock. Looking forward to talking to Marvin Freeman, who's an interesting guy, Chicago guy, longtime pitcher, now a pitching teacher. And um, thoughtful and entertaining voice on social media uh, and a guy that we want to talk to and get to know a little bit. Chicago Vocational High School is where Marvin Freeman played. And then Jackson State University played on the Cape Cod League and then three different teams in the majors. And now, as we said, teaching pitching to youngsters. So we'll talk with him at 10 o'clock and looking forward to that. But right now the phone lines are open at 312-644-6767. That's the same number for the text lines at 312-644-6767. And uh, hop on in and let's talk about the trade deadline for both sides of town. Let's talk about how you will feel if your teams do not do anything. Let's talk about Craig Kimbrell and the awfulness, the the walks and the wild pitches, and how many more chances he gets, if any. Look, if it were me, if I were Mike Napoli and I were handed the keys, well, first of all, if I were Mike Napoli, I I would never have shaved the beard. I mean, if I could grow a beard like that, there's no way that I shave it. And then I would have enjoyed um, my World Series rings for a while. And then I would have looked to the sky and thanked the heavens for this opportunity to manage a major league game, even one as weird as that one last night. And we're going to talk plenty about TJ Antone and buzzing the tower and all that went on last night with Anthony Rizzo and Joey Votto and David Bell and a very interesting fight situation. But um, if I were Mike Napoli, I would have given Craig Kimbrell the sixth and Rowan Wick the seventh. Because as good as Kimbrell has been in those three appearances, I I wouldn't have been ready. I wouldn't have been comfortable handing him the keys to an isolated ninth inning high leverage situation. I would have have handed him the sixth with Kyle Ryan and Wick backing him up. I wouldn't have been ready to give a game to Kimbrell to win or lose. But they were. And I I don't know if that was Ross's call before the game and Napoli just following the bidding. I I, I don't know exactly. But either way, that's not what I would have done. And now that it's there, how many more chances does he get? 312-644-6767. Andy Green is away on personal business. That's why he did not take over as the bench coach. And, uh, And that's why Mike Napoli was taking over. So much to discuss from from this stuff yesterday. Let's get a couple other items out of the way. Tim Anderson is amazing. With four more hits yesterday, just keeps rolling, has absolutely uh, found himself and is so comfortable. 
is enjoying himself so much. He's playing so well, finds himself, I believe, atop the batting average race again. I know the OPS is is around 1,000, might be over 1,000 as it is right now. You Darvish with a memorable win yesterday in game one of that doubleheader because it was against Trevor Bauer. And it's the kind of thing, like if we get to the end of the year and it's Darvish and Trevor Bauer as the two guys in the Cy Young Award um, front running and you're looking at numbers, people will remember. Writers will remember that Darvish beat Bauer yesterday. They'll remember. And Darvish was ter- was terrific again. Gave up a few more hits than he'd like, I'm sure, but got big Ks when he needed it and was really, really good. And guess what? Then we find out that he and Bauer are texting buddies. Man, Trevor Bauer has emerged as as a mentor to way more people than we realized. Way more. Because he just he's such an interesting thinker. He's an iconoclast. He throws a million pitches. whether they are real or invented, that reverse slider that he discusses. He he has thoroughly taken control of his own corporation as a pitcher must. And he and Darvish are fairly similar in their ability to design pitches and change things on the fly and the wide arsenal that they have. So, but Darvish as the elder statesman, Kind of surprising that he reaches out to Bauer and asked for advice. And apparently he did last year in the first half of last season when things were very, very bumpy for Trevor Bauer. 312-644-6767. Let's take some calls. And I'm telling you that that very soon we're going to dissect and explain exactly what happened last night with the fight. I got to tell you, it, it took everything I had not to come out and talk about and it wasn't really a fight but the baseball skirmish the tower buzzing the the benches clearing the dugouts you know emptying the bullpens slowly running in took everything i had not to lead with that today but i lead with kimbrel because strategically that's more interesting and long term effects on the season that's probably more interesting 3126446767 let's go to joe in orland park on 670 the score joe you're on hit and run good morning what's happening hello joe joe you there Matt, you got me yes sir what's happening how are you hey man you there you there you got me buddy I do, I do indeed. Good morning, everybody. Hey. Listening to Hit and Run. Yeah, what's up? Hey, Matt. You know, first off, I did not know that uh, that Mike Napoli shaved the beard. I, is that that's that's a fact, huh? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch the game yesterday. I was listening to it on the radio while working, but I I couldn't believe that. That's well, that's it's growing funny. back now. It's growing back. If I had to oh. set an over under on the inches of beard, I think he has right now. I'd put it at about. One, so he's somewhere between a half and one and a half, but it used to be this just resplendent 11-inch beard of thing. Course. That's all. That's uh, gone now. Listen, That's gone. Listen, I, I know the Cubs are caught in a pickle with Kimbrough because <clears throat> you used Jefferson the first game, and I get it. You really want to win the Darvish game, right? So, so theoretically, you can't use him, okay? So I, you're, you're, you're caught because that, that's just not a great bullpen right now. I mean, the numbers probably – Say they're a little bit better, but the eye test, you know, tells you otherwise sometimes. So you you you, you go to week in the in the sixth in a tie game, right? It was tie. It was four four at that time. Is that correct? Uh, no, that they took the lead. 
Uh, they took the lead in the sixth um, when the bases were loaded and Nico Horner right. hit the sacrifice fly. And then um, that then they should have scored more. That was a brutal Correct. missed opportunity Absolutely. because Albert Almora strikes out with uh, Jason Hayward oh. on third and only one out. Albert Almora right. should not be having at-bats in that situation, but Steven Souza is hurt Correct. and Chris Bryant is still in, uh, in South Bend. Go ahead. Correct. So, you, so, you, so you, 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 I guess I know, I know they're torn on Kimbrel because you have to get him out there eventually, right? You got to get him back out there. And mm-hmm. I thought you're right. I, I thought his stuff played really well yesterday, but you can sense it coming, right? So you see the walk, and then the walk, and you and right away you know that he already struggled in that ballpark earlier in the season, if, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Right. So at that point, you know, the first two walks, I would have gotten him out of there, and then you can live with it as a fan or even as a as a fill-in manager if you lose with somebody like, say, I don't know, Kyle Ryan, who was warming up. Even if the matchups don't play well, I think you, you, you still have to walk that tightrope with, with Kimbrell where you got to get him out on a positive note. Maybe get him out after the strikeout when he had guys on first and second before the next wild pitch that got the guys to <laughs> second and third. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I, I, I do, Joe. Thank I you. Mean, once once yeah. the game was tied, I, I care a lot less. Uh, I, I really do. But to your point, getting him out early, if you see the walks, but the walks are not – see, the, the stuff looked really good. It did. He was out there without a net. I don't know if, if Ryan was even warming up until the game was tied. And the one shot they had of Kyle Ryan warming up looked like he was still going slow and still getting it going. That's why I would have had Kimbrell in the sixth with a lead with Ryan and or Wick to back him up. I, I was not personally ready to have him out there without a net. But if this was the grand plan, then okay. I'm just saying... I've been overall very impressed with the way that that David Ross has handled Kimbrell because he's been publicly a little vague and willing to take the heat from reporters. He has clearly, privately told Kimbrell when he is not the closer and whose job it is, et cetera, how it's going to be handled. He's gone out there twice, as I mentioned, in potential save situations and pulled him. When you got scared by the way Kimbrell had started his show, and those both have turned into holds as we look at the Craig Kimbrell game log. They turned into holds. One time uh, against the Royals when he went out there and got him, and then against the White Sox as well in the Darvish game. So oh, he hasn't let it kill them, hasn't let Kimbrell cost them. Last night it did. And I, I wonder if there would have been Ryan warming up earlier and a chance that the leash would have been shorter. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that Almora at bat. Just absolutely brutal in that situation. It's, it should be Steven Souza Jr. Maybe it will end up being Cameron Mabin from Detroit, which is a trade rumor involving the Cubs. They need a right-handed bat in the outfield if Souza is not going to come back healthy. Because you can't... And Albert Amora has proven to you now for three years in a row that not only can he, can he hit lefties, he, he, can't hit, he can't hit in big situations. He really can't hit on, on either side. It's disappointing. 
but he should not be getting key situation at bats at this point. 670, the score is where you are. Matt Spiegel is who you're with. It's hit and run. Marvin Freeman at the top of the hour. Wide open phone lines. I want to talk about the White Sox and the possible trades and what you would do. Would you be upset as a White Sox fan if they do not go out and get a starting pitcher and just rely on some of the kids? I have seen the potential asking price for Lance Lynn. Dane Dunning and Jonathan Stever, says Jim Bowden over at The Athletic. You want to part with that? Would you do that? Would you rather part with Dylan Cease? These are the kind of decisions you have to make. And you're not going to part with any of those guys for just a rental for somebody for four starts and maybe one or two playoff starts. You're not going to do that. But for an extra year of Lance Lynn or Dylan Bundy, would you do that? We'll discuss 312-644-6767. When we come back, though, we'll get inside the mines, if we can, of those involved last night in the uh, the non-fight fight, in the brouhaha with the tower buzzing, the double tower buzzing. Although Alzelai's was not really even that close to Shogo Akiyama. We'll discuss. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Fight, 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 fight. Nobody ever ran out to the parking lot to watch two guys get along, right? No, no, no. Nobody ever ran in from the bullpens to watch two teams just kind of talk about stuff. Drama in Cincinnati. This has happened before. These two teams, man. Remember Rizzo throwing his uh, glove down and running out the dugout a couple years ago? And the thing is, like, the backdrop of it for me is always the fact that Rizzo and Votto are very close, that Rizzo and Votto used to work out together, train in the offseason together. And there's more. David Bell, the manager, he was here. He was Rizzo's uh, infield coach for a couple years. So, oh, there's so much there. The, the young pitcher, the rookie pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds is named TJ Antone. Not Tay like it looks like it would be pronounced, but TJ. TJ Antone, this is how it starts. If you're wondering where it begins, it begins with TJ Antone um, having some Maria Sharapova in him when he pitches. This is TJ Antone talking about how he grunts after pitches and how the Cubs were chirping at him. The Cubs also said that you were chirping at him during the game. Did you do any of that before the fourth inning? Yeah, the second inning they were... They were chirping at me for grunting on a few, you know, fastballs and uh, ended up, I think it struck out two on that inning. And so after the inning, I, I gave him another grunt uh, after the second, just part of the game. You just chirp back and forth. It was all 
it's all fun and games, you know, and especially now that we can hear all everyone very clear, there's no fans to kind of bleed out some of that chirping. Uh, so yeah, it's just, they were chirping to me, giving me some grunts, giving me, they were kind of giving me some girly grunts. Uh, and, uh, so I gave them a grunt back and let them know, you know, I'm here to strike people out. Do, do they seem to chirp a little bit more than other teams? Do you guys hear them more than other teams? 100%. Yeah. The Cubs are the, they chirp the most for sure. But, uh, I, I noticed that when they're, when they're down, they usually get quieter. So that's what kind of team the Cubs are. Just so you know, these are your Chicago Cubs. They get chirpy because that's who they are. Cocky kids backing it up at their best, playing well and backing it up. Antone grunts when he pitches and the Cubs grunt at him mockingly. Boy, I hate playing against people like that. <laughs> people like, uh, uh, who would mock the grunt. I, um, I tend to lose my cool. If I'm playing cards against my wife or someone and she like gives me a dirty look or some smack talk or whatever, making fun of me, it, it, it can rattle me. The Cubs want to rattle you. They went after TJ Antone with the, uh, with the grunting. And then you heard him. He said he grunted back at them after the inning. Okay, that's all fine. That's all well and good. David Ross was asked after the game uh, about, about the grunting back and forth. Ross, you said he, he looked in and was talking. With the previous inning, was that to the dugout, or you're saying he was saying something to the batter? There, yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Okay, there was a lot going on. It's the grunting back and forth. And then somehow, T.J. Antone throws it over the head of Anthony Rizzo. And we're supposed to believe that it was an accident. Listen to Anthony Rizzo talk about it as he takes the high ground. If you saw it, it was not just like high and tight. Alzale's pitch later to Shogo Akiyama that shook everybody up. That was high. It was not super tight. You could argue that you shouldn't throw that high anyway, but Alzale's, Alzale's, excuse me, was not really in danger of hitting Shogo Akiyama at all. The one at Rizzo's head absolutely was. And remember that Anthony Rizzo, feisty this week, has not been hitting well. Team has not been playing well. Rizzo said this week that politicians don't give an F about us. In the wake of their game where Jason Hayward chose to sit, and those guys chose to play, and Hayward supported that, but we later learn, understandably, that if they had more time, maybe they would have made a different decision. They had some regrets. So there's a lot going on here. And then Anthony Rizzo, over the last two days, has gotten hot. Three home runs. Two homers in the first game yesterday, a double in his first at bat yesterday. He's on fire, and then TJ Antone throws it over his head, and Rizzo takes the high road. Scary. It's just a scary situation. Um, you know, I've, I've played, we've played against the Reds a long time and they do like to, you know, move my feet. Uh, just part of their reports. It's been for years. Uh, I don't think any pitcher would purposely throw at someone's head. It probably did get away a little bit, but uh, the intent to go inside, I definitely think it was there. It's just can't be at the head. It was scary. Um, my initial reaction was just, you know, obviously you saw my initial and I just kind of calmed down. Uh, but it's just one of those moments where, you know, the direct uh, pull shot at the head is, is, is just a, you know, life kind of flashed before your eyes there for, for a second. 
That's Anthony Rizzo. Scary. I, he says maybe there was an intent. Listen to TJ Antone. TJ Antone, the rookie, comes to uh, the postgame armed with uh, fodder for what he thinks will be an excellent defense as to how he was not throwing at ahead. Yeah, so I talked to Bauer after his game, and, you know, he's talked to me about he thought he spun him too much, being too many breaking balls. Um, he said, really make sure you execute fastballs in, you know, talking about that, um, executing more fastballs to him. And um, the first at bat, I threw a fastball. I tried to execute a fastball up and in, and my ball is running a little bit more today. So, um, which isn't a problem that happens sometimes. And I just uh, adjusted my aiming spot a little bit more toward him. So it would run to the inside part of the plate, like a front hip, uh, you know, four seamer. And I let it rip and it just, it went up. I mean, it stayed true on that one. It, it is what it is. Like average miss in, on, in, the, in the MLB is like 17 inches. So um, I know a lot of people are saying that was intentional and wasn't just trying to execute a fastball up and into him. All right. First of all, I've never heard that. Average miss in, yeah. on, in, the, in the MLB is like 17 inches. Um, first of all, it reminds, reminds me of the kid in Jerry Maguire, Jonathan Lipnicki. Jerry, do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Average okay. miss in, on, in, the, in the MLB is like 17 inches. Okay, great. Thanks, Thanks for that, TJ Antone. That's super helpful. Who comes to postgame armed with that stat? <laughs> you know who does? A rookie pitcher who uh, lost his composure because a team was grunting at him and wanted to get Anthony Rizzo off the plate and didn't care if he scared the bejesus out of him, kind of wanted to, and was ch- is trying to prove himself on the big league level, trying to stand up tall to his, uh, his teammate, Trevor Bauer, who he uh, idolizes so much. That's who comes to postgame armed with, with that. The average miss. It really is a match for the Jerry Maguire, Sean. Good stuff. Jerry, do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Average miss in, on, in, the, in the MLB is like 17 inches. <laughs> I want to pat TJ Antone on the head and say that's adorable. Okay, great. Good for you. The problem is that later on, when uh, Adbert Alzali throws inside and a little high on Shogo Akiyama, all hell breaks loose. And, and actually, even before then, so, so what, what happened if you didn't see? So, so TJ does that. Rizzo gets upset. Ross comes out eventually because the umpires decide to warn both teams. Here's David Ross talking about the umpires looking for trouble in the Cubs dugout. I think we were fine um, and things like I, I, had, I had voiced my displeasure with the decision they made. And then... Um, you know, the home plate umpire, uh, Nick, was just staring in our dugout, and I felt like he was kind of waiting for something to happen. It's such a unique environment that we're in where you can hear everything, and, you know, guys are yelling a lot of different things at a lot of different people, and, and he was trying to – I felt like he was just a little bit, you know, looking for a problem in our dugout. You know, we were trying – we were ready to get back to baseball, and and it was – it was um yeah, I mean, we're not happy when somebody throws 97 behind Riz. Like, it just, I don't know, behind any of our players, for that matter, especially when they're going good. And, the, you know, 
you don't, that's not a miss that it, that's a, that's not a slip. That's not a miss. That's not, a, that's not a, that's not a grab, um, some rosin slip. That's, that's, that was intentional. There's no doubt in my mind about that. So, um, we aren't happy about it. Uh, and then, you know, whatever was said out of our dugout or, or, or that, that Nick didn't like, um, he started throwing guys out. So I went out to ask him why he was, you know, why he was focused on my dugout so hard. And, um, yeah. And then he threw me out and he didn't like that. I was arguing, I guess. So Cubs chirpy dugout gets in TJ Antone's head. He throws at Rizzo. Ross thinks it's intentional. The umpire gives both dugouts a warning. Does the Cubs dugout deserve a warning right there? I can see why Ross thinks it does not. And then that affects the rest of the game because, you know, one thing leads to another. It's easier to get guys thrown out. It's easier to get a fight to happen and all of that. So Ross gets thrown out. And then when Alzali goes inside on Akiyama, Joey Votto is screaming from the dugout. He's upset. That's it. That's it. As you read Votto's lips, David Bell comes out and talks to the umpire. And here's David Bell on what happened here, which eventually resulted in Votto and Jesse Winker. Hitters number one and three in the lineup. I'll give you more on Jesse Winker in a moment. But it results in those guys getting tossed out. Here's Reds manager David Bell on what happened at that point. After the ball went... um over Shogo's head, I there was some yelling back and forth, and I went out to just make sure that none of our players got thrown out of the game. Um, I was told it was up, the pitch was up and in, so they agreed to talk to the other umpires just to make sure um, that they didn't, the other umpires didn't see something different and think it was intentional. Uh, apparently, they just decided that the pitch slipped. I, I don't know how close it was to Shogo. It's very difficult to tell uh, from the dugout. Um, the umpires got um, together and made a final determination that it wasn't intentional. I went over to um, get an explanation for what happened. And then uh, I believe Anthony Rizzo started walking towards me and yelling at me. Um, I, I don't know what he was saying. It didn't really matter to me. And at that point, a couple of our players uh, jumped over the railing and the umpire just started throwing everybody out of the game. <laughs> He did just start throwing everybody out of the game. One, two, three, because Bell was thrown out too, right? Remember that this is a season in which they are trying to uh, control fights and skirmishes with such vigor that there's a rule called unsportsmanlike conduct, and they've threatened long suspensions, and you've seen some of them uh, for Alex Cintron and the in the A's and the Astros a situation. So, Look, that, that's what all went down. Maybe you saw Rizzo saying, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. These teams play again tonight. And the average then, miss in, on, in, the, in the MLB is like 17 inches. Jared, you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> Just rub, tousle TJ Antone's hair and send him along. <laughs> you come armed to post game with that information. And I don't know if it's true. I don't know if that's true. Where did he get that information? Can we check that in StatCast? Probably. 
Thank you, Sean Anderson, for the hustle with all this postgame and with Jonathan Lipnicki, who had to be a part of the show. Damn, it had to be. But the Reds come here to Wrigley next week. These teams face each other a lot. We'll see if there's any lingering effects. Meanwhile, when you get Joey Votto thrown out and Jesse Winker thrown out and you come back in a 4-1 game, you come back and you take a lead. Yes, they should have gotten more in the six, but that's a game you got to win when you've been scuffling. When you're the Cubs and you started 13-3 and and then you hit yesterday 5-10 and in your last 15, Darvish pitches great and you win the first one. Then you come back and take a lead in the second one. You got to close that out. And for the first time in his 10 appearances this year, Craig Kimbrell legitimately cost you a ball game. Average miss in, on, in, the, in the MLB is like 17 inches. Okay. Thank you, TJ. By the way, Jesse Winker is the hottest hitter in baseball. His last 23 games, he's got an OPS of 1.435, 10 homers, 16 ribs. He's hitting 414 is Jesse Winker. Absolutely on fire. And that guy gone. 670, the score is where we are. We've got some phone calls lined up. We're going to take them after the break. We do have some breaking news, though. Apparently, there is a positive COVID test in the Oakland A's organization. Here's the statement they just released a few minutes ago. The Oakland A's learned today that a member of the organization has tested positive for COVID-19, and Major League Baseball has postponed today's game in Houston at Minute Maid Park. The team conducted testing and contact tracing for the entire traveling party this morning and will self-isolate in Houston with recommended safety precautions in place. The A's organization and Major League Baseball will continue to provide updates as necessary. So that game has been canceled, right? A's and Astros has now been canceled. Yesterday, ironically enough, was the first time since the 26th of July and the third time all year that all 30 teams were playing on the same day. That was yesterday, third time all year. It won't happen again today with the Astros and the A's. And we we finally, it's reached the West Coast. Lord knows the Eastern divisions have been affected. The Central divisions, thank you Cardinals, have been affected. Thank you Marlins on the Eastern division. Now somebody with the Oakland A's has it. We don't know who. Is it a player? Is it a member of the organization? Whatever, it's part of the traveling party. But it's now reached the West. Are we going to have schedule decimation in the Western divisions now? It's entirely possible. This does not put the fear of God into me, does not put, I shouldn't even say God, does not put the fear of a lost season into me whatsoever. MLB has shown a remarkable willingness to steamroll forward, haven't they? Post-season, all those S's should be spelled with dollar signs. Post-season, it will happen. They will find a way to do the postseason, even if they have to put teams in hotels for the final week of the year and then do the bubble postseason, as seems to be the plan. 312-644-6767 will take your calls on a wide variety of issues. White Sox trade possibilities, Cub trade possibilities, the Kimbrel situation, the fight, everything you want in Chicago baseball is right here. This segment on the score is brought to you by Valparaiso University. The satisfaction that comes with living to your full potential is immeasurable. It's a quality of life that Valparaiso University graduates enjoy every day. At Valpo, your full potential receives our total commitment. Visit valpo.edu to request information, apply, or schedule 
a visit. We are broadcasting to you live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Matt Spiegel doing a hit and run. Marvin Freeman, top of the hour. Cubs-Reds pregame. I keep saying they play tonight. They play today, kiddo. Cubs-Reds pregame starts at 11.10, right here on 670 The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on The Score. This is that TikTok song. I'm not old. I am on TikTok occasionally. I think, did we even do a family dance with this? I don't think we did one. We did a family dance with something else at the behest of the wife. It was enjoyable. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Marvin Freeman coming up at the top of the hour. Really looking forward to talking to him. Cubs pregame at 1110. In the meantime, it's hit and run. A lot of things on the table. Michael in Plano has called in, wants to talk about the White Sox trade deadline. I pose the question, how would you feel, White Sox fans, if they do not go out and get you a starting pitcher of consequence right here at the deadline? What's going on, Michael? Hey, Speaks. You were mentioning Trevor Bauer in the last segment, and I don't know what you think, but I think with his personality and his approach of pitching, he'd be a perfect fit in a White Sox uniform next year. Now, as far as uh, getting him in a trade, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, if you sign him next year and you put him in that rotation with that lineup with Don Cooper as his pitching coach, I think he'd be fantastic. The one thing I worry about, though, is his – the one thing I worry about, though, is the asking price for him. I don't know how – much that's going to be. I know his old buddy Garrett Cole got $300 million last year. He's not going to be worth that much, but he, I, I fear he'd be in the nine figures range. But Len did throw a kicker in there uh, yesterday during the broadcast when he said that Bauer won't sign a multi year deal over a, a bet he had with his buddy with a paintball gun or something. So. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. There's, there's a lot there. I am unhip to the Bauer paintball gun multi year contract bet. That's why the Lord invented the internet. And perhaps Sean Anderson, the phenom, will hit that uh, up for us right now. I know that Trevor Bauer is going to make a lot of money as a free agent. Um, Trevor Bauer with Don Cooper as his pitching coach would be must-watch stuff. I hereby proclaim that that is not allowed to happen unless we media can go back to the ballpark. Because I want to watch them interact on a daily basis. (laughs) Trevor Bauer, as new school as they get. And Don Cooper, to Don Cooper's credit, he has adapted quite a bit over these past couple years, adapted to the technology and also adapted to a life in which starting pitchers and all pitchers in general will sometimes go outside the organization. They'll go to driveline. They'll go to their high school pitching coaches, Lucas. And uh, and Don Cooper, to his credit, is OK with that. Doesn't, he's all right. He and Lucas still have a good relationship. Got to praise that. This is from uh, 2018, July 6th. If Trevor Bauer ever signs a multi-year deal, he will get shot in the groin with a paintball gun from (laughs) (laughs) SI.com. If he ever signs a multi-year deal. Well, go ahead and get ready to take that groin shot then. Why would you not sign a multi-year deal now that you're a free agent? As the Indian starter explained on Yahoo Sports MLB podcast about a year or t- uh, a year or two ago, uh, after he was taken with the number three overall pick in the 2011 draft, Bauer uh-huh. made a bet with his best friend about his future big league contracts. In a completely sober state, Bauer bet that he would never sign a multi-year contract, or his friend could shoot him in the groin with a paintball gun from 10 feet away. Okay, so look, if you are, if you are, if you are sure that you're going to stay healthy, if you are convinced that you know how to maintain your health. 
than signing one-year deals over and over and over again, choosing your, your place, being in control. So you choose your atmosphere on a year-to-year basis. You don't get locked in. You don't have to deal with the downside of a multi-year contract, which is being locked into a place you might eventually not like, which is not pitching up to expectations and having that be uh, a stone around your neck. I could see that being attractive. And also, if you're good, you make the absolute most you can possibly make in every single one of those years. Hey, the going rate for me would be $25 million next year. Going rate for me is now up. It would be $28 million. Going rate for me is now up even higher. It would be $35 million. So I could see that. Maybe that's Trevor Bauer's mindset. But boy, you got an opportunity to sign for five years and $120 million? You don't want to lock that in for the rest of your life? Lock in that generational wealth? Temptation. Temptation. That takes some paintballs, to paraphrase Peoria Matt via text. Let's go back to the phone lines. This is Shy in Champaign. Wants to talk about the Reds and the Cubs and the non-tussle tussle that was baseball last night. Good morning, Shy. Good morning. So I just want to comment. I think it's so clear that the pitch to Rizzo was just I mean, very intentional, especially with Rizzo heating up and everything. Rizzo was already heating up. Any other batter would have been different. And then later on, the umpire's clearly looking for some ejections. Um, On top of that, with the post-game press conference, it's pretty clear that TJ with this 17 inches average miss, I mean, (laughs) wild pitches are pretty uncommon in a big league game, and misses are usually within like the one one or two inches mark, so it's it's just, I would like someone to fact check that stat also. <laughs> Me too. I thought you were going to do that for us, Shy. You know, we need somebody to fact check this 17-inch is your average miss. Here's the thing. Home plate is a square with two of the corners removed. It's a, um, it's, it's 17 inches. It's a 17-inch square. So how could that be an average miss? That's, that's garbage. The two sides are eight and a half inches. The remaining two sides are 12 inches each. And there's that angle that they're set at to make a point. That's home plate if you've never seen one before. But it's 17 inches wide. I don't buy that that's the average miss. And how about how he looks down at his hand right after he throws it? God. It's entertaining. It really is. It's easy to find the villains in baseball in that way and it's easy to be partisan i must admit and find the villains that way right if the reds were the batch that was chirping cub fans might say you know what shut up shut up i'm sure the reds are saying over the cubs shut up you guys haven't won since 2016 i mean they've won but you know, that, that collective cockiness that they do have when they're rolling is very attractive when you're good. And when you're not so good, it can become very, very annoying. Textures getting in at 312-644-6767 on the White Sox trade possibilities as well. well we, we're going to readdress that topic later, and I want to play from a couple weeks ago. That's how far back we have to go to find Rick Hahn talking about how we might make a trade or how we might not make a trade. And is there something to glean from that as well? 
that there is uh, silence, relative silence from Rakan leading up to the deadline at 3 p.m. Central on the 31st of August. It's hit and run with me, Matt Spiegel, on 670 The Score. You'll hear the latest good comp, bad comp. It's Jose Abreu. It's a good one. You'll hear that next hour. And Marvin Freeman coming up next right here on Hit and Run. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.